Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? All right, fans, we got a lot to talk about on this week's show. Dave Oliveri is joining me. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well, Don. Busy, busy weekend. Like you said, lots to tell the fans. Well, you know, there was a lot of rubbish on race stud about the situation at Lernerville between Flinner and Pegger. And no matter who you read, none of it was true. I uh, made a phone call to Lernerville Management, and if they want to know what's really going to happen, they can listen to Rapping on Racing next week, or if they put a release out, the, the Speedway will be announcing their decision. What they're going to do is review some of the film footage they have and determine what action to take. So forget about Race Stud and Facebook because it's all BS. You know, uh, we made a road trip to the Eastern Motorsports Museum of Racing, and what a place. Some of your thoughts on that. We had originally planned to do this earlier for the Travis review, reunion that was that was postponed due to this craziness out there. And myself and, and you and Robert Johnson, me, me and you being the race junkies that we are, neither one of us had been there. And for our listeners, if you're out in the York Springs area, out by Williams Grove and or Port Royal area or Lincoln, you need to make a stop at this museum. And we actually, and we'll probably get into that a little bit, we had to stop twice. Yes, and we, I'm gonna, I did a three-part interview with Lynn Paxton. I can only play the third part, but we will play the thing in its entirety later on in the season. But another thing that was nice when we got there, and they were very happy, you brought up three of Lynn Geister's trophies and a plaque. Let's tell the people what they were. Well, for our listeners, I have in, in, in my presence, probably a hundred of Lynn Geisler's trophies going back to his go-kart days. And you made a, a donation to the museum a few years ago with one of my racing legends, Herb Scott. And we wanted to bring some newer blood to the Speedway. And in, we, I had the Lynn Geisler trophies, and I, I cleaned up three of them, and we brought them out to the museum. And I, I think the great part about it was, one, that they accepted him, but two, when we presented him to Lynn Paxton, Lynn had actually raced 
against Lynn when Lynn ran the 97 sprint car. Yeah, you're going to have to use last names because they're both Lynn's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Lynn, yeah, Lynn Geisler raced against Lynn Paxton when Lynn had the 97 sprint car. So, yeah, too many Lynn's. But, yeah, it was a great addition. We went back on Saturday, and they were already on display. Then after our visit there, we went over to the Williams Grove Speedway, and we want to thank Alan Kreitzer. He rolled out the red carpet, put us up in one of the boxes up there, spent the evening with us. We told a lot of stories and uh, had a fine time. He had a couple of his friends there, and it was just a great visit. You got a nice interview with Brandon Shepard. We got a victory lane thing with Shepard. It was just outstanding. I think the great part of it, you have a history with Alan, and you have you don't get to see him very often, and to spend you know a few hours with you know with an old friend, it was brought back a lot of memories. We really had a great time. Now, what do you want to do next? Do you want to do the show open or the results? Now, let's go with the show up, and then we'll just wrap things up with the results, Don. All right, fans. Tonight's guests include Julie Coates with an interview from Joel Watson at Raceway 7, late model driver Koenig from Latrobe, first-time winners Cody Catellis and Joe Maruka. Lenny Batiki has a nice interview with Brandon Mattis from Tri-City, and Chuck Neely, the car owner of the Tyler Dietz Pro Stock at Lernerville. And as we had mentioned earlier, we have interviews with Brandon Shepard and Lynn Paxton. Victory Lane interview, I have one with Russell Goodell, the car owner of Lutz Car, and also one with Joe Maruka. He picked up the late model feature at the Jennerstown Speedway. I want to make a mention, uh, I got a note here from Jim Benning. That was Norm Benning Sr.'s brother. He said, Don, my brother Storm and Norman passed away uh, recently with heart failure. He was 89 years old. For the most part, he had a great run until six months ago. His son, Norm Jr., spent three months in Florida bringing him back to near normal, but eventually he, he passed. And I got a note, thanks, Jim Benning. Don, we want to welcome Bobby Hamrick from Shinston, West Virginia, to the Rapping on Race and Family. You know, I also have a nice interview I forgot. Kathy Martellus Zuko. Uh, they, they, it was... Uh, it was Martellus night at the Speedway, and they had uh, their a lot of their employees there. And Kathy was just pleased, really tickled to death with how well things are working uh, at Jennerstown. They have six pharmacies in the area, and you'll hear a little more about that in her interview. You know, if you miss any of Monday's program, you can go to RappinOnRacing.com, 365 days out of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number One Cochrane Automotive, Dirt Monthly Magazine, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Speedway Directory, and Toma Meat Market. Also want to mention the Rain Dot show from Pennsylvania Motor Speedway last Saturday will be the show they present this Saturday. Want to thank our reporters, Dave Oliveri, Lenny Batiki, Howie Bayless, Julie Coates, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Mike Lisikowski, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Lusick, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. Okay, when it comes to results, boy, we got them coming out of our ears. So let's just jump right in there at Lernerville. 
Sprint cars went to Dan Shetler, a popular victory for a nice driver. I, I believe that may be his first ever. The late models, Michael Norris, continuing his winning ways. Big blocks, John Mollick scoring, and in the pro stocks, Joey Zambotti. Heading south to the Elkins Raceway in the super late models, it was Shane Head and Mike Pegger finishing second in the Bobby Lake number 27. In the fast track crates, it was Brett Trimble, the UPM Modifieds, Anthony Arbogast, in the street stocks, Jason Ammons, and running out the evening in the hot mods, Tyler Parrish. At the Thunder Mountain Speedway, the late models went to Matt Lux, semi-lates, Doug Sura, the Penn Ohio Series, Joshua Seipel, and the sport compact, Jeff Huber. Heading a little south over to the uh, Hummingbird Speedway on Saturday evening, Paul Cotton in the late models. Local driver Tyler Deese finishing third in his first visit to the Speedway. In the semi-lates, it was Nick Erskine. In the street stocks, it was Jason Umanic. In the pure stocks, it was Bryce Swagger. In the four cylinders, it was David Smell. And in the two young gun divisions, in the stock division, it was Garrett Davenport. And in the open division, it was Connor Matheny. At Latrobe Speedway, the fast track winner was Troy Shields. The vintage modified winners, there was two of them, Les Myers and Hank Coles. In the pure stocks, it was E.J. Rozak. Pro stock winner Chris Schneider and Matt Welch scored in the four cylinders. Now at the Mercer Raceway, great Greg Dabrowski uh, captures the Mav Classic as leader Gamola hits a lap car coming out of turn four for the win. Uh, King Sr. wins the 19th big block modified main. Brian Schaefer takes the fast track modifieds. And Will Alley wins his second mini stock main event. We have Turbo Herb taking the home, the outlaw loot. And Mitchell, right in the Voight Memorial Champion, Lawrence wins Challenger Invitational. At the Erie Speedway, the 12th visit of the World of Outlaw Late Model Series. After hot laps, time trials, and four heat races, two B-mains, and a 50-lap feature pan, it was Dennis Herb Jr. with the victory, his first his first World of Outlaws win of the season. Dave, you know, I'd like you to explain to people uh, Herb's crew. I mean, it's him and who else? Well, I have to make a correction on something I think I just said. I think I said Tyler Herb. It was Dennis Herb. And Dennis Herb is the driver of the number 27, and they call him the one-man band. And when he comes to an outlaw event, Don, it's him and his crew chief. And I, her name is, is, I can't think of it at the moment, but it's the two of them, and that's it. And you, in this world of outlaw and Lucas Oil stuff, I mean, these guys have multiple team members. And it's amazing to do what he did and to, to do it. Uh, at Erie's on Saturday evening, uh, passing Broom Briggs with about nine to go, his first win of the year. So I'm sure it was a very enjoyable evening for Dennis and his crew chief. I don't know about you, but I think I'm tired. We did a lot of racing this past weekend. We did a lot of racing. I think we did a lot of driving, too. And, again, a big shout-out to Jack Crowell and Rob Cochran at, at number one Cochran Automotive. Out there in the pace car this year, in this past weekend, where everyone, people got to see that beautiful pace car that you and I get to drive around each and every week. And I think uh, Robert Johnson had a good time with us. He's with the United States uh, Motorsports Association, and he has been doing some uh, negotiating with these different tracks to help them stay open. 
he has, and as much as we have the background in auto racing, he has the, the background as a lobbyist, and he's opening our eyes to some of the political things, and we're, in return, opening his eyes some some of the racetrack things. So the combination's good. And without him and the people at, and down at North Carolina, a lot of the tracks that you know we take for granted, we've been racing since June. If you're up in New York area, that's not so much the case. So a big shout-out to Robert and all his efforts, Don. Dave, I thank you. It was an excellent weekend. You have a nice evening. Thank you, Don. You did the same as well. This is the Banker Bob Thought for August 24th. Age 60 might be the new 40, but 9 o'clock is the new midnight. This portion of today's program is brought to you by number one Cochrane Automotive. Sprint cars are coming to the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Saturday, September 12th, the winged 410 Sprint cars attack the half-mile asphalt oval with blistering speeds as the third annual visit of the nationally televised must-see Sprint Car Series brings open-wheel racing to the Laurel Highlands. You've seen them on MAV-TV. Now see them in person at the Jennerstown Speedway, along with feature races for the weekly five divisions of stock cars, including late models and modifieds. That's Saturday, September 12th, the Midwest's fastest sprint cars on the pavement at Jennerstown Speedway. Advanced tickets are on sale now at www.jennerstown.org. Kids 12 and under are free. Sprint cars on the asphalt, Saturday, September 12th at Jennerstown Speedway Complex and weekly five division stock car racing continues every Saturday night through September 19th. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? 
Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski. Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, a major shakeup in the championship point standings for the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division. Meanwhile, the NASCAR Wheelan Modified Tour visited for the second time in 2020, and it was an outstanding feature event with a close finish down to the wire for the stars and cars of NASCAR's oldest touring series. But talking first about the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division, second generation driver Paul Fest Jr., a sophomore to the late model division, took the lead early on from his pole starting position with Zane Farrell close in tow. Farrell was seeking his second career victory in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division when on lap nine he spun in turn two and collected several cars, severely damaging the cars of championship contenders Barry Audi and Teddy Gabala, among others. Gary Wiltrout, a winner in 2020, was eliminated in that crash. Mike Hemminger, the popular veteran, sustained damage in that crash. But Barry Audi, who came into the night, seeking his first win of the season, but leading the championship point standings over Teddy Gabala, suffered a crushed radiator and was eliminated for competition before the halfway point of that feature event. Teddy Gabala, Adi's nearest challenger in the championship point standings, was also eliminated in that crash with serious damage to his number three. He'd already been to Stoney's Beer Victory Lane in 2020, but Gibala came back out on the speedway, unlike all the other cars involved in the incident, and was able to complete a lap to find himself scored ahead of the drivers who were also involved in that caution flag incident. A wise move for his position in the point standings. When racing resumed, Fess continued to lead over Jared Barclay. Barclay is also a sophomore to the late model division after earning a feature victory in the Modifieds in years past. A heated battle for the lead lasted several laps before the two made contact on lap 16. The contact sent Fess spinning from the lead, and track officials determined that Barclay was involved in the caution flag incident for creating the spin, and both drivers went to the tail of the field. When racing resumed, it was the Number 90 of Joe Maruca from Slickville, Pennsylvania, who was out in front. Now, more important than the lead change was the fact that the driver who came into the night third in the championship standings, two-time feature winner Albert Francis, the young Ohio driver, was in a position to gain significant ground as he came into the night only 10 points behind Audi and only five points behind Gibala, third in the standings. However, the same incident that eliminated Fess's lead also eliminated the 33 car of Francis as Francis got into the outside wall, damaging his number 33 machine. Francis did come back out and pace for several laps at a very low speed with his damaged machine to get himself ahead of both Gabala and Audi in the final finish rundown. From that point of the race, Joe Maruka set sail 
and the driver from Slickville, Pennsylvania, after 10 years of trying and after being so close to victory previously in his late model career at the old Motordrome Speedway, Maruka was leading with two laps to go. Maruka was leading with one lap to go and never found victory lane. Since the Motordrome Speedway closed, he has focused his efforts on the Jennerstown Speedway and more than once at Jennerstown Speedway. Maruka had been leading with less than two laps to go and had never found victory lane until Saturday night. The Slickville, Pennsylvania veteran was elated to park in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane and celebrate a career first late model victory. It continues a trend of one-time winners in 2020 at the Jennerstown Speedway. Maruka, Wiltrout, Gibala, Kale Gale, the North Carolina standout, all with a single victory, and only Albert Francis is a two-time winner. The final rundown from Saturday night, it was Joe Maruka with that career-first win. A brilliant late-race drive as the number 92 of Barclay covered from the tail of the field, and placed second, a career best for both of those drivers. Another career best, the youngest driver in the field, third-generation racer Brandon Marhefka, took his number 13 car to a podium finish for the first time in his career. His grandfather, Bob Marhefka, a dirt track legend at Jennerstown and a Jennerstown Hall of Famer. His father, Rob Marhefka, a former Hooters Pro Cup traveler and a feature winner at Jennerstown. Third place to Marhefka, an outstanding run. Coming home in the fourth spot was Brian Ship, the former modified champion, and finishing fifth was former truck division champion veteran Todd Price. Now, in the championship point standings, after all the crashing was completed on Saturday night, and keep in mind, this is a group of drivers that more than once in six 30-lap weekly feature events in 2020 went caution flag free. It's now Albert Francis on top of the championship point standings by three points over Barry Audi with Teddy Gabala in third spot, five points behind Francis. So you've got Albert Francis, who led the championship standings early in the season. He's been virtually undefeated in heat race action as he won his heat again on Saturday. That two-time winner is only three points ahead of Audi, the five-time champion, and five points ahead of Gabala, the defending champion. So a major shakeup occurring Saturday night in the Martellus Pharmacy late model division at Jennerstown Speedway. On to the Laurel Highlands 150, the first ever running of a crown jewel event for the NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour. And the driver who finished in second spot when the Modifieds visited Jennerstown with no fans in the stands back on June 21st, Craig Lutz, the New York driver who was runner-up at Jennerstown town the first time and who opened a lot of eyes to his driving talents with outstanding performances during Florida Speed Weeks found the Stoney's victory lane at Jennerstown Speedway on Saturday night for his second career NASCAR sanctioned victory. He took the lead on lap 110 of 150 from race long dominator Justin Bonsignor. Bonsignor had led all 110 laps to that point and had led all 150 laps of the modified tour opener at Jennerstown back in June. He set fast time for the night, but after a pit stop under caution, the handling went away on Bonsignor's machine, and Lutz wrestled that lead away, then defended the top spot from the very aggressive challenges of Dave Sapienza. Sapienza came home with a second-place finish, and it was by just a car length as he was all over the rear bumper of Lutz, and they made contact with the Nerf bars several times in the final laps. Anthony Nosella had an outstanding qualifying run and spent most of the race in the top five, landing a 
third place finish. An outstanding run for that New Yorker as the top three drivers were all from the Empire State. Six-time champion and the previous most recent winner on the tour, Doug Kobe, finished in the fourth position, and he had held second spot for most of that race the first time at Jennerstown Speedway, and in fifth place, Justin Bonsignor. Sixth went to John McKennedy, who was in the top five, but had to change tires a second time in the event as the handling faded after his first tire change. Matt Swanson drove the famous number three car to a seventh-place finish. Tyler Ripkema, a Race of Champions Series star, finished eighth. Kyle Ebersole was ninth, and second-generation driver Chris Pasteryak was tenth in the inaugural running of the Jennerstown Speedway Laurel Highlands 150 for the NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour. Coming up this Saturday, five-division racing gets underway at 6 p.m. with that tight battle in the Martellus Farm late model division, the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds will be back in action, as will the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four-Cylinder Division. Also, after the races, the final round of the Ron's Collision Center Enduro Series. We've had two Enduros without a crash consecutively at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, and that series will come to a close this Saturday night. Also, mark your calendars for September 12th, when the nationally televised must-see Sprint Car Series makes its third visit to Jennerstown Speedway. They've been coming for the past two seasons with rave reviews and blistering speeds, and they will be a part of a program that includes features for all five weekly divisions on Saturday, September 12th. at the Jennerstown Speedway, and we're going to talk to the owner of the winning Modified, Russell Goodell. You know, Russell, always the drivers get interviewed. That's where all the glory is, but you're the guy that signs the checks. I do, but uh, we have a great crew here, and uh, Craig is a great driver. He's, uh, he's a really, I think, one of the best drivers on the tour right now. And it all starts in the shop, though. I have a great uh, crew chief and Doug, and uh, the guys that come to the shop every Tuesday and Thursday, they put their full effort into that. They, they're there at 11, 12 o'clock at night, and that's where it starts, at the shop. But Craig is a great driver, and uh, I, think he, I think he deserves this win tonight. Well, I interviewed him last week. He was on Rapping on Race, and he said, I was second in the first race. I'm going to win the second race. He might want to be on my show every time he comes here. I think he might want to. Yeah, you might have brought him some luck. It was hard fought. It was a hard fought race today. And uh, uh, Dave Sapienza raced him very clean. And uh, he, he gave his all to try and pass uh, Craig. But it was a good race between both of them. And, and they're friends. So it's, uh, it was great to see the one and two. Could have put a piece of paper between them. Absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah, there was a, the last 30 laps was yeah. uh, really close. But. A little bit about the team and some of the other sponsors that help you guys. Well, Riverhead Building Supply, um, they sponsor us. And um, I'm one of the, I'm the it's a family-owned business, third generation. So they help us out quite a bit. Uh, Lolly's Hut, um, it's a uh, breakfast place in Riverhead. They serve the best breakfast anywhere on the island. And Lolly, if you're listening, um, I hope you're happy for the win. And other than that, that's that's pretty much it. Those two sponsors right there. I, I take care of the rest of it. Well, I want to thank you for being with us. Congratulate you on the win. And uh, you tell him he better look me up the next time he's coming back. I will tell him that. And I have your card. Thank you. <laughs>
Joe Maruka just picked up the late model feature at the Jennerstown Speedway. Joe, you've been so close so many times. Tonight was the night. Yeah, it was a good night for us. We had a little bit of trouble in the heat race and uh, came back. Uh, and we didn't, we didn't have a clutch uh, the whole heat race or the feature, so it was uh, slipping a little bit up off the corner. Uh, but, you know, hey, we were the fast one. We made it through all the wrecks, and we are parked her in victory lane finally. Well, didn't you win the heat race? Yeah, I think we won the heat race. Still wasn't good, though. Wow. <laughs> Some things just don't satisfy this winner. Now, late in the race, there was a lot of carnage. I mean, guys weren't paying attention. Just uh, uh, we won't mention the guy's name, but he took, turned somebody around, took four or five cars hot. But you managed to avoid all the issues. Were you able to see these things when they were coming? Uh, I saw the 89 car uh, whenever he got turned. Uh, so we were fortunate enough to make it through that. Uh, right prior to that, uh, when the 14 car lost it, and we we almost got uh, taken out with that one. If we would have got taken out with that one, it would have probably been a hard hit to the outside wall because we would have got hit in the right rear and got turned into the wall. So I'm glad we made it through that unscathed. I've been down to your shop. The place is immaculate. You work hard. I know your dad, your team. Uh, they just they deserve this. And let's talk about the team, the crew. Uh, the guys have been great. Uh, we've been doing this for 26 years, uh, you know, running the go-karts and then, then into the late models. Uh, so it's been a, a, a team effort for a very long time. Uh, if it wasn't for, for those guys, we wouldn't be here. And i got to thank my mom, my dad, uh, my uncle, uh, Nick Rosa, Huggy, uh, my girlfriend, Caitlin, uh, and, and all the guys that's helped us uh, the last 26 years. Uh, they're the reason we're here, and we're going to – get back to the shop tomorrow, unload, and go back to work. You know, having Rosa as a crew chief has got to be a bonus. Uh, it's it's definitely a bonus. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, he's been around me my whole life, uh, so we click very well together. Our communication is great. Uh, he's not just my crew chief. He's a very good friend of mine and my whole family, so I'm glad to have him on board. And uh, We're going to go back to the shop and work hard, and we're going to try to come back and win next week. How about the sponsors? Uh, Got to thank uh, you know Rose's Beer Distributing out in Latrobe, uh, Seneca Performance. Uh, they build pretty good race car. I also want to make aware of the the Snow Foundation. Uh, it's uh, near and dear to my heart. And, uh, my girlfriend uh, she was diagnosed with the call Wolfram uh, syndrome, and uh, you know that's the the foundation they use to raise money to try to to, to find a cure for it. And uh, hopefully they do. And uh, we can move on from that. And uh, I also want to thank Jimmy Friedline. He's a pretty good engine builder. Uh, he's been helping us the uh, last couple of weeks with some issues we had. And, uh, if it wasn't for all those guys, the sponsors, the, the team guys, we wouldn't be here. How about some contact information for the foundation? Uh, you can go to uh, right, uh, just Google the Snow Foundation. Uh, all the information's there. Uh, you can actually find that information right on our Facebook page. Joe Maruka, congratulations, and uh, see if we can't do it again next week. Thanks, Don. Have a good evening. We're up at the Jennerstown Speedway, and we're talking to Kathleen Martella. Your family and your business is a big part of Jennerstown Speedway. Some of your thoughts on what it's like to be involved. We're just, we couldn't be more happy to offer this as an opportunity for our employees to participate. Um, we have six pharmacies, so we have employees from all the pharmacies that have an opportunity to come. We look forward to this night every year. Um, we're just proud of Jennerstown. We're proud to be part of the community. Um, we're just happy. We're happy to be here. We, we're treated so wonderfully. Um, it's really a great sponsorship for our family, and we, we just, we're happy. Well, when you think about it, 
everybody in the grandstands at one time or another is going to need to go to the pharmacy. What better way to let them know where they should be going? Well, that's right. I mean, obviously, when we sponsor, we think about the community. And we don't really think about who's going to come in the stands to our pharmacy, but obviously that would be great if they do and appreciate our sponsorship. We're just happy to be part of the community. That's what we've always been about. You have six locations. If somebody uh, wanted to get more information on the locations, would they just go to your web, uh, your Facebook page? They do. They can go to our Facebook page or they can go to www.martellospharmacy.com. All six of our locations are there. And uh, we deliver free delivery within... Uh, 15-mile radius of any of those locations. We also have MediPack, which is a great convenience for people that are on multiple medications. Um, we have a lot to offer and still hometown pharmacy. Kathy Martella, I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you. This portion of today's program was brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724 724- Four four three five seven two zero, or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Joining us is Brandon Shepard. Brandon, we're here at Williams Grove Speedway. Uh, Thursday night, you had an opportunity to pick up the, the win over at uh, Lincoln Speedway. Led all 50 laps. Car looked really, really good. Seeing some of these tracks for the first time now, you just spent about a week to 10 days back home in Illinois with the family. Uh, picked up some really good wins, four, eight, I think four wins in six nights. Can you take anything that you have running the smaller tracks back home and equate it back here to a track that perhaps you haven't seen before? Uh, yeah, some things. You know, it's, for me, it's mostly about uh, being as versatile as possible and having experience at all different types of uh, tracks and all different dirts and shapes and you know different bankings and just uh, just being experienced enough to know what to do when you go to a track that you don't you've never been to you know that's the 
That's the best thing that I've, um, you know, being with Mark and, and driving my family car. I get to race all over the country, all kinds of different racetracks. So, um, and I've been doing it for a lot of years since I started for the most part. Um, so I like to think that I can go anywhere in the country and run good, and that's what I kind of strive to do is to be able to be versatile on that aspect. We know you've had such success the last few years, you know, with Mark and in the rocket car. But when you and you got 12 wins this season, and we're not going to we're not going to say anything, and maybe we'll do the jinx. But it seems when everybody get, you get close to that number, of things happen. But when you get back home, a lot of our listeners and, and our, our race fans don't know what the B5 is back home, and that's a family operation. I think you had it out early in the season out in Vado or in that area out there, and you ran some races there. And like I said. We just mentioned you had a chance to run it a few weeks ago, but how special was that to be able to go home, spend some time with the family and the kids, and be with you know your granddad and your dad to get out there and race? Oh uh, yeah, it's really nice. You know, it's nice to be able to race for a little bit of money at uh, at tracks that close to home. You know, we a lot of those tracks we don't get to go to very often anymore, and uh, maybe once every other year. So anytime we get a chance to go home and race there, and ra- get to race for a good purse. Um, we we got to take advantage of it, you know. The family and friends that come to those races, they don't get to watch me race that often, so we're doing it for them. And, and uh, of course, you know, my home tracks that I grew up racing at, uh, we we run really good at all those tracks, so it's just an uh, opportunity for us to make money right close to home, sleep in my own bed every night, and uh, have a little fun. I think we often forget when you guys go out on the tour so much, and we hear that you know the outlaws and then the competitive series with Lucas when you run some races there. But that hell tour, you know, just give us a little inkling. You know, you've run that the whole schedule at times, and it's just it's crazy. I mean, it's just like 30 days of what pure hell. Yeah, it is really. This year they've had a break, and it's it was nice for them guys. And a lot of people don't understand how grueling it really is, especially when you get on a streak where you run 14 nights without any days off. You know, and even on the days off, you. You work your tail off to get everything back uh, straightened out and maintenance up and washed and, and uh, just ready to go again for the next night. So, you know, there's definitely, you got to respect them guys that are out on the road doing that deal night in and night out. And it's, uh, it's something that I've done a lot and my dad's done a lot and I, I really enjoy, uh, you know, watching that series now that I'm running the outlaw deal and, and uh, you know, it just brings back a lot of good memories. and. And uh, we had a lot of success on that tour through my career, and it's just uh, it's a lot of fun to see that thing keep going and to watch them guys and be able to go race with them every once in a while. You know, Johnny, like you said, we you know you're running Thursday, Friday, Saturday here, at t- you know, tomorrow night up at Erie's, but then you're off for a few days, and you maybe travel out to the west. But like you said, you know, Brian Charlie and those guys, they're running six, seven days a week. I mean, as a driver, yeah, you like seat time, but it's it's not only tough physically and mentally, but it's tough on the equipment. It really is, you know, and I I would push a young driver that's up and coming that's got a, um, an opportunity to go run that whole tour. That's something that you need to go do, you know. It'll, it really tests your ability and it tests your patience and it tests how much heart you got uh, to keep putting that stuff back together. If you go on a, you can get in a drought and, and not be running very good, and, uh, you know, one night you get a, a good solid run that, you know, gets some momentum built up and, and turns your whole week around, you know, and 
Uh, that's one good thing about it is if you have a bad night, you get back on the horse and put everything back together and go again the next night, you know what I mean? So it's it's really cool in that aspect. And uh, as a young driver, I think that I, I give a lot of credit to that deal for getting the experience that I did because we didn't have the funding to go run a national tour uh, like we do now. And um, So that tour really fit us nicely, and we were able to be pretty close to home and and I was able to get a lot of experience because they run at a lot of different racetracks. When you jump into the B5, obviously it's a family-run operation, and maybe just you know tell our, our listeners and the fans, again, it's it, when I say it's family, it's family. It's not a whole lot out there, but how great is it? You know, again, you learned so much from your grandfather and from your dad. How? And I mean, it's a different perspective. You know, you got Mark and Steve Baker as car owners that you couldn't ask for two better car owners. But to now to have a car owner that's family, it's probably a little bit different. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely different. Um, you know, my family's always been into racing, and they've been. You know, I'm a fourth or fifth generation racer in my family, so you know they've always strived to have good equipment and do good and. And we had Pierce cars for a long time back when I first started, and Rayburns, and then uh, uh, we decided we needed to make the change back in 2011, and that's when we got Rocket cars and got hooked up with Mark Richards and Steve Baker, and um, you know that really turned my career around because we immediately had a good relationship with Mark and Steve, and and they uh, kind of took me under their wing even when I wasn't driving for them. They were keeping me up to date on all the new information and everything that I needed to do to be able to capitalize with it and win races so uh, you know uh, I, I think of Mark and Steve as family now we've been together for a long time and uh, you know even when I wasn't driving for them full time I still consider us um, as about as close as you can get you know their uh, shops open to me anytime I wanted when I wasn't driving for them and now especially and I just think of them guys as family too so uh, you know this feels like home just like the B5 does and uh, the, you know, the biggest difference is I got to sleep in my own bed most of the time when I drive that car. So, uh, you know, I really, I really made a point to make that car and that team as close to this one as I can. Um, obviously, the team, the crew, and that isn't the same, and it's never going to be the same. Um, but as far as the car goes and stuff, we're about as close as we can get to what this car is, and that's what we, uh, that's how we're, we're able to stay consistent when we go. Uh, race that car and then come back and jump in this car. You'd mentioned, you know, the Mark and Steve and you know the Rocket family. But when you had that ability to be able to go back home, you're talking your own family, your kids. How special was it for that week to get them in victory lane? It's something that you know they can't come out in the tour with you on a regular basis, if at all. And to see, you know, have them see Dad, you know, pull a couple victories off. Sure, was special to you and for everybody, especially the kids. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, my dad and my grandpa, they like to get in victory lane every once in a while and they don't get to come out on the road, like you said, very often. My kids and my fiance, they're, uh, you know, back home supporting me from home, watching on Dirt Vision and whatnot. And, um, anytime they can come out and, and uh, you know, come get a taste of victory lane with me, it feels really good to me for sure. I don't know if it does as much for them. I think they enjoy it, but it really makes me um, you know, happy having them with me and, and having them there to be involved with with what I love, you know, and I think they've, they're growing to love it uh, just like I do, you know what I mean? So, um, and then being that close to home and having them uh, there night in and night out, that's just, uh, 
whole nother feeling and it's cool. It's just really cool and I'm very fortunate in my career right now. In this craziness of what we've had this year, again, you know, being able to spend that week or so there, I'm sure that meant the utmost to you. Plus, it kind of, even though you were racing, it kind of refreshes your energizer. And now you you have the grind all the way now until we get to the finals in Charlotte. Hopefully, they're going to be in Charlotte. Yeah, you know, uh, the biggest thing for me is, um, you know, my family and being gone for the past six weeks like we have been even though we still raced when we went home I was able to be around them and and have them be involved with what we were doing and just spend a little bit of time with them so that was definitely the refresher that I needed to uh, to get back going again and get back out on the road like we are now so it's uh, you know they're I'm really lucky to have good supporters like that and to under, they understand what we do and, and how we do it and how much time it takes to be as good as we've become and uh, it's like I said it's it's all about family for me and I'm sure Mark feels the same way and Steve also and then of course my dad and my grandpa uh, you know with all of them guys I wouldn't be able to make this possible. I'm sure there's a little short abbreviated you know Pennsylvania swing for the guy you know for Mark and for Steve being you know they're you know West, West Virginia Shinson's not that far but it's still not it's not like you're driving halfway across the United States to go race. Yeah, for sure. This is kind of like home for them guys. You know, we're going to be uh, at Aries tomorrow, and we're not going to be that far away from the shop uh, for when we get back there Sunday. So it's uh, definitely everybody gets to go home this week and be with their families, and uh, it's it's nice to, to be able to do that, you know, and um, especially after we just got off the road, off the road for six weeks. And, uh, we're getting ready to be on the road for a couple, couple weeks here coming up soon, so... Um, you know, we're just taking advantage of the little time that we got. And, uh, we're just all very fortunate to have good support systems and, and uh, understanding people back home that, that do support us. So uh, it's, we're having a lot of fun right now, and we're running really good, and, and uh, everybody's confidence high and the momentum's up, and just it's just a lot of fun right now. Best of luck the next two nights here at Williams Grove and in, in, uh, at Erie's, and like I said, the rest of the season brings what it is, and hopefully it will be another championship for the Rocket number one. Yep, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Once again, he will receive a trophy, the billboard check, the Mark Billings hat, VP Fuels flag, and, of course, the Hoosier neckband signifying he has won the World of Outlaws Mark Billings feature for the second straight night. He is ready to climb out. Now that Mark Richards racing number one, the racket ship, Brandon Shepard. It's raining confetti here at the Grove. Well, Brandon, only two drivers have ever won here in World of Outlaws competition. You're the only modern day driver to get two wins. This racetrack's been awful good to you, but let's face it, you guys are on a roll right now. Yeah, this car's been phenomenal, you know, and I really love this racetrack. It's uh, definitely a legendary racetrack, you know, one that I've, uh, you know, dreamed of coming to as a kid, you know, and watching a sprint car race here. So uh, definitely awesome to come here and race this, this Rocket House car and, and get wins like we're doing. The track was, uh, they worked on it throughout the night, and the track was really phenomenal all night long. It was pretty racy there, and uh, just can't thank all my great crew enough. Uh, Mark's. Uh, Dan, Austin, Joel, Steve Baker, everybody, Rocket Chassis. Them guys do such a phenomenal job with these race cars. It's pretty unbelievable, really. Um, 
All my great sponsors, Valvoline, Zebra Cat Franchise, Ace Metal Works, Gunners Honey, Salak Well Services, Rocket Pre-Owned Motors, Durham Racing Engines, Ran Flawless again tonight, uh, Kaiser Manufacturing, Integra Shocks and Springs. All my great family back home that supports me, uh, my fiance Michaela, my daughter Addison, my son Jace, my dad, my grandpa, uh, all just all the family back home that supports me. I'm on the road a lot, and of course the fans for coming out. Thanks to all the fans for being here tonight, supporting us, and uh, another great night. Ready to go again. Yep, you're making a statement, Brandon. Momentum will continue tomorrow. See if you can't win all three in the Keystone State and then get a little bit of a break, but I know you guys, there's no break. You guys go right to work. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely, uh, you know, we're going to ride this thing out as long as we can for sure. We're ready to keep racing as many nights as we can. Brandon Shepard winning here tonight at Williams Grove. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Stars, IndyCar, IHRA, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, NHRA, Rush, USAC, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and listeners' emails. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter. Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Quite frankly, there's no other program like it on the air today. Rapid on Racing. Why not be a part of the weekly action? The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Lake Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission, just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. Number one Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, number one Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelianopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? 
happy customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. All right, fans, joining us tonight is Cody Catellus. Cody, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good, but probably not as good as you. You picked up your first feature win at Pittsburgh, and that's impressive because you're a rookie, and Pittsburgh is a big, fast racetrack. Let's talk a little bit about the race, then we're going to get into your resume here of a little bit about who Cody Catellus is. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Been waiting 21 years for that night from uh, watching my, my grandpa, my dad. It taught me a lot throughout the year, so it was a big accomplishment of mine. Well, you got some good drivers in the family here. Grandpap, uh, I watched him race a lot, and then I had a chance to see your dad run. So must be something in the water down there in Stockdale, PA. Now, you're currently involved in two businesses, and I admire that, Hoods Up Quick Lube and Top Care Lawn Care. That's pretty impressive for a 21-year-old guy to be able to do that. The one's a family business, the other one's yours. Now, when you uh, first decided, now, 21... Uh, you had to wait a couple of years before you could do this. Uh, was it because you were busy with the business or finances? Uh, why not uh, jump? Well, you got kids racing at 14 and 15. Uh, what made you wait till you were 21? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, just uh, family. My mother, she uh, wanted me to wait a little bit. You know, she's always just like any typical mother. Yes. You know, they're, Always nervous out there, so she wanted me to at least wait till I was 21. Well, I admire you for uh, listening to mom, and that is normal for them to worry. Um, that's just the way it is. But I think once they get used to it and they realize you're probably safer in that race car than you are driving home from work. Uh, but it's uh, it's an adjustment for them. Um, now, previous experience was just watching the family race car for as long as you can remember. Your dad, your pap, your uncle, your cousin. And I know there was, uh, there was a lot of catalysis involved in the sport. And that makes it easier for you to have a family that understands. Because sometimes if you have someone, be it uh, mom, dad, uh, girlfriend, wife, whatever, if they're not on board, that makes it pretty miserable for you. I laugh. I ask you the toughest part of uh, racing. You said Monday because Saturday's so far away. That's a that's a good answer. I I, I never had that one before. Um, yeah, we uh, we we love doing it. You know, every every Saturday is uh, spent at the racetrack. It's just uh, tradition my family's always had. So it's Monday mornings are tough. <laughs> well, um, I kind of got off track. I wanted to talk about Saturday night, your first win. Let's pick it up from there uh, in the in the heat races. How'd the heat race go? Heat race went went uh, very well. Um, it was uh, tough catching uh, uh, Frank out there. He was he was pretty fast. He actually set the track record in the heat race. There uh, can't take the mileage enough for giving us a, a great track to race on. Um, best has been all year. It was it was uh, hammered down, a lot of bite out there. Um, but I uh, ended up finishing, finishing second in the heat race, which set me up to uh, start seventh in the feature. And let's pick up the feature, okay? You're you're on your pace lap. You're going around there. You got thoughts in your head. Geez, I had a pretty good heat race. Uh, how's this feature going to work? Let's pick it up from there. 
Well, I was uh, sitting in a car. Um, I, there wasn't wasn't as much bite out there as I wanted to. There's a little bit of a, a bite up at, at the top and a little bit at the bottom. Um, my plan was when the green flew, I was just going to try to run run everybody at the bottom, um, get around some cars. Well, yellow come out uh, before we was able to complete a lap, and uh, it was complete restart. So I um, was then scheduled to start sixth. So I moved up to the outside, and then I had uh, 17, Stephen Shelton was to my inside. And, you know, we're both very competitive drivers. He's won a lot of races, um, quite a few championships. And then at that point, my goal was I got to get to lead before he does because <laughs> it's very tough to pass him. Yeah. So I uh, was fortunate enough to get to lead first. Yeah, Stevens, he's tough. He's a good driver, dirt or asphalt. And like you said, he's won a lot of races. Um, I imagine it was quite a celebration in Victory Lane. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, first one, I I, I uh, definitely wanted to earn it. You know, it, um, I didn't want to start on the pole and, and win my first one. I wanted to, uh, to earn it. And I had my whole family there. I had a lot of friends in the stands. Um, a lot of guys that worked for us, both our businesses, it was there. So it was definitely, uh, it, it meant a lot to have a lot of support behind us there. Well, actually, your first win is the reason I want to have you on Wrapping on Racing, because we're going to tell everybody about it. Now, the car, did you guys build it or buy it? We bought the car up by Casey Grumbin last year. Okay, that's a good car. That was a wise move. Yeah. Now, some of the things that I find interesting with your racing and all your businesses, you still have time for hobbies. Now, that would obviously have to be during the off-season. What do you do when you're not racing or working? Well, summertime, if, if we're not racing, we're, we're watching videos on racing. We have GoPros we put in the car up, probably watch them 500 times. Um, in the fall, um, we're big hunters. Uh, we, love, we love hunting for deer in the fall and uh, turkey in the spring and, and uh, fishing whenever we can. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Cody Catellus. Picked up his first feature win Saturday night at Pittsburgh. You know, uh, I, I, I find it uh, nice that you picked uh, the same number that Dad had. Uh, and you say people assume you're going to carry on a Catellus racing heritage. Uh, let's talk a little. Well, we've already mentioned how many of them have raced. Do you think that uh, if the budget permits, this is something you'd like to do long term? Absolutely. Um, I you know, can only hope I could race as long as uh, my path through has. He's been racing for a lot of years now. He's won a lot of races, had a lot of success. Um, I picked the number 1K uh, because it was my dad's number. Um, going into hobby stocks, he had a lot of success racing the hobby stocks with the 1K. Um, so that's why I chose that, that number. But, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like I said, been a blessing to, to uh, have all them people above me. Now, a normal uh, goal would be you'd like to get into a late model. Um, Budget-wise, um, maybe start out uh, when you move up in a crate late model, and then if the finances are there, get into a regular late model. But with the crate, you could run at Pittsburgh. If it's a super late, you'll have to travel because, with few exceptions, that wouldn't be an option at Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, my, uh, my Pat Drew actually does have a... Uh recently got a crate late model this year um 
eventually he told me I am, I am going to be able to drive it before the year's over. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, super late model wise, I don't, that, that isn't, I don't think that's going to be for a long time, but, um, you know, I would, I would love to get in the crate late model. Um, I think I could be competitive out there, but, um, Keith Barber's also, uh, taught us a lot. He, uh, he drove the car for a few weeks this year and, uh, he showed us the ropes on it. Excellent driver. He's won a lot of races as well. So we're, he parked it in victory lane too. He did. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, Second time he drove it, he he, uh, he parked in Victory Lane. It was an uh, awesome, awesome race, awesome driver. Um, can't thank him enough for everything he's done for us. You know what I find impressive? This is your first year, and with the virus and the weather, how many times did Pittsburgh run? Four, five, maybe six times? Do you remember? Um, I believe we ran, I think, five, five times. It was two weeks that we didn't get to run a feature. Okay, um, okay. so here's a rookie, five nights of racing, and he's in victory lane. Uh, to, to what do you attribute to? Did you, go, go, did you do go-karts or something prior to that? <laughs> no, we, uh, we took the hobby stock down the, the Roaring Knob and out to the Trove a little bit this year. Um, that's, that's where I learned how to drive down there. We, uh, you know, PMS, you can only run a two-barrel. Um, so we put a four-barrel intake. And uh, aluminum taking a four barrel on there, went down the Roaring Knob, and um, all them guys down there, EJ Rozak, Red Shaw, they all very good drivers. They've been driving a long time, and them guys really taught me how to wheel a car. That is impressive. Now, this doesn't happen by accident. Uh, in addition to your two companies, Hoods Up Quick Lube and Top Care Lawn Care, who else is involved as a sponsor? Um, we have uh, RJ Auto Repair and Sales, Tadora Maintenance, um, Big Help, known him for years. Uh, Camel Distributor, that's our distributor. We use it at uh, Hoods Up Quick Lube. Um, Mighty Auto Parts, they uh, supply all our parts uh, through our, both of our businesses. Um, Royal Purple, uh, we get oil from them. Um, just everybody that helps out on the car. How about Drew's Auto Service? Are they part of the deal? Absolutely, that's our that's our biggest one right there. That's where we uh, keep all the cars, um, you know, do all the work on them. Um, you know, that's my pap's garage. He, he helps us a lot. You know, I looked at your uh, pit crew, and there's a lot of family on there. So, how about all the Catellises, just their first names, and then the rest of your crew? Yeah, we have uh, my dad Gary, my mom Melissa, uh, Jonathan. My brother, Blake, Logan, um, my Aunt Lori, my Uncle Dave, my pap, Drew, Kim, um, we have Joey Catellis, um, Brad, uh, Uncle Joe, we have Danny, um, Fred Barney, he's, he's a big help. He's been going to the track with us for years. Um, a lot of the guys from my shop, Lucas Weaver, Zach Courtley, Terry Parker, um, Derek Quigley, Sandy Quigley, and uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but there's there's a lot of people that that makes this happen for us. That is quite a pit crew. So if you have to have something taken care of in a hurry, there's all hands on deck, and there's plenty of them. 
I really want to thank you for being with us tonight. And I wonder if you have any closing thoughts or is anything you'd like to add that we haven't covered? Just looking forward to Saturday already. We was already working on the car tonight and, uh, you know, getting ready to go back out there and try to get us another win. That'd be nothing nicer than back-to-back. Now, you need to promise to send me a nice picture of the car because I want to put it on Facebook. And uh, Cody Catellis, I want to thank you for being with us tonight. A very nice interview, and congratulations on your first win. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724 724- 352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, joining us now is car owner Chuck Neely. Chuck, good evening. How are you? I am doing fine, Don. How about yourself? Good, good. How long have I known you? Is it back to the Herb Scott days at the flagship? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, back in the 70s, yeah. Boy, absolutely. if. If we could write a book, I don't know if they could print it, but we could write a book. Right, it'd be pretty, yeah, pretty sick. Pretty sick book and a lot of long stories and a lot of long nights. <laughs> well, that's not why I called you. I want to talk to you because you're the uh, championship car owner in the uh, 
Pro Stocks and uh, want to talk a little bit about how you got to this point. Now, I understand uh, that you've been with Tyler for three or four years, but uh, you've had a lot of good drivers over the years. You know, Butch Lambert was a good one. I mean, just going down through the list, you know, Waring, uh, Brandon Waring was in there for a while. Uh, how did you end up with Tyler? Well, uh, we had a we, it, originally Bob and I got together, um, decided we were just going to play around with a car, being retired and stuff like that. So I hooked up with Bob Lambert and, and we bought a sleeper chassis, which um, it was built uh, by John Powell, out, not out near Heston, and he had, had Bill Henney, who was very successful in, in the car, and Bill Henney had purchased it. And um, tragically, his wife had passed away, so um, he decided he was going to sell the car. So Bob and I bought it. Well, we had that for three or four years with Brandon. And then Brandon decided that he was going to run a late model with one of his friends. Uh, so he didn't think it would be, you know, better. It would be better for him to kind of concentrate on the late model. So Bob and I talked about, you know, were we going to quit or find another driver? Uh, well, then Tyler Dietz approached us and uh, said that he would, you know, he'd like to drive for us. And then we kicked around either running the sleeper chassis or then he offered us to buy all his equipment. So he was very, you know, very familiar with his car. So, so we thought it would be, a, you know, a good idea just to buy all his equipment. He knew how to you know, how he was setting it up, and he had built the chassis, and just it, everything just sort of made sense. So that's basically how it started out. So uh, Tyler started driving for us. We bought, bought the whole thing. And um, and so that's that's kind of where, you know, where all that went. So uh, it's probably, like you say, three, four years, and pretty much right off the bat, we've had really good, you know, it's uh, one thing about Tyler, he's never happy, and um, you know, the main objective is winning races and winning championships, and we try to keep the car as top-notch as we can, and we're always still trying to learn things and, um, you know, shocks and tire combinations and stuff. It's, it's uh, you know, there's some great competition out there in our division, and you got four or five guys that are maybe even more than that on any given night or, um, you know, right close racing, so... Uh, it, it's it's been it's it's worked out pretty good. The uh, we got into a, a little bit more of a challenge this year because we went from the crate motor to an open motor, and we weren't sure how that was going to work out. And um, so far, so good. Well, in 2018 and 2019, you were the Rush champions. Then also in 2019, the Lernerville Speedway champions. To win a championship at Lernerville is no easy task. Yeah, it's been something that's been Tyler's dream. He's been driving for quite a while, and basically he thought, you know, with his knowledge and us helping him out financially and, you know, everything that, you know, that that was the goal. Um, you know, we're hoping we can repeat that this year. It's, it's close. It's like down to 10 points again right now at this point in the season, and you got some you know, we got some guys that are right there, right, you know, with us every week. And, um, you know, hopefully that uh, you don't have any kind of failures, you know, equipment-wise. So it's it's tough. Lernerville's it's a tough track with, uh, 
you know, the guys that have been running there, you know, I mean, even talking about Joe Kelly and some of these guys that have been around, you know, quite a long time, you you don't just walk in there and beat those guys on any given night. It takes, you know, it's a big challenge. Well, Tyler has a 10-point lead over Corey McPherson and then about 20, 23-point lead over Joey Zambotti. Two really tough drivers. Those would be the two that you'd have to deal with fighting for the championship. But on any given night, there's a lot of good cars there. Yeah, exactly. And with, like I say, with the open rules now, you know, you got Chris Schneider coming in occasionally, Noah Burnell, uh, a lot of these guys that run the Penn Ohio Series. So, uh, you know, and it's kind of it's kind of like NASCAR a little bit when those guys come in and, you know, they're the top runners in, in some of these other divisions and, and qual- you know, divisions of what they're running. And it just, just kind of gives you, a, you know, a barometer of, you know, who you have to run with and what you have to do to beat these guys. And it's challenging on those nights, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, they can kick your booty in any, any, any given night if you're not on your A game. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Chuck Neely. He is the uh, he and Lambert uh, are partners in the championship car from 2019. Um, how did you guys become partners? Well, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a mixed bag because Bob, I always kept my um, modified out of Bob's garage when Butch was driving. Um, Butch had a Great late model two, and um, so it's which we drove. You know, we drove both cars, so it just made sense. So um, you know, Bob it's putting the electric bill and the gas bill and all that kind of stuff. So it's just it just worked out. And um, I mean, he had a lot of equipment, I had a lot of equipment, so we just kind of combined everything and kind of split the bill on everything. And then you know, whatever whatever comes out of the race car. Uh, you know, purse money, we we put right back into the car, um, and it's very easy to go through that pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, you know, between the fuel and the fuel and the and the truck and the fuel in a race car, I mean, going from the crate motor to the open motor, we're running, you know, the one ten VP now, which is a, double the price of what we were because we were running a mixture before between the Sunoco and. And the VP, so that it's doubled our cost there, and it it don't take long. And then you know, it doesn't take much to spend ten grand on one of these open motors, which uh, I still think is kind of crazy. But that's what Larnerville wanted to do. So we were pretty lucky. We had a, a motor left from when we were running the Emod. Um, it had set aluminum heads and everything. So we talked to Mike Ingram about you know, the prospect of putting steel heads on it and making it a regular open motor in the stocks. And so it did save us a ch- pretty good chunk of money by going, going that rock. Now, with the point race being as close as it is, now, Lernerville has extended their season because of a late start. When do the points end? I believe the points end, actually, the championship night is October 2nd. And then they have uh, they have an open night or something the next week, and then their stampede would be the, the same weekend, which is usually around the fifteenth of October. So they they did extend it. Uh, we have uh, one or two dates in September that we don't run. Uh, I think I looked at it there a couple days ago, and I think we might have about six races left. You know, um, left between now and then. So 
It's, it's we still got we still got a lot of time to go. I mean, hey, any given night you can get a flat tire or have some sort of mechanical issue. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. What kind of a challenge is it with Tyler running your car and a late model? Well, fortunately, I went through this when Butch was running his his late model, his crate late model, and the modified. And there is there is some challenges there because. Uh, it, on any given night, it's it's kind of hard to, you know, get what's going on with both cars. And if you have problems, if he has problems in the late model, he's discussing it with his crew. And so, you know, I, it takes me a little bit of time to kind of cipher what's going on with the stock car. So, um, you know, we always do converse. And if not, it's either the next day or whatever, and we sit down and we talk about what we need to do for the next week. And, in fact, right now we, uh, we, we're we going to take, take our shocks out and have them all gone over because um, we just the last couple of weeks something hasn't quite been right. So uh, I'm going to take the shocks out this, you know, in the next couple of days here and have them all gone through and make sure that we don't have any issues there. But, um it uh, it's it's challenging. You, you definitely, when you got two cars, you know your the information is uh, a little spotty. And some nights, you know, it's su- very successful in both cars, and other nights, it's a challenge in one or the other. So it is a little different. There's no doubt about it. When there's two cars going on. Well, when you talk about it being different, I mean, let's go back to when you were driving. When you needed shocks, you go to Advanced Auto Parts and get a couple shocks, put them on. That's not the case anymore. No, these cars. That's um, that's one thing I will say about Tyler. He is he's very much up on the shocks. Um, we've tried a couple different over the years. I've tried different shocks. Um, you know, it's it has changed dramatically. The shocks are so much more sophisticated. Um, we actually use Mark Smith. He's out in Somerset, the other side of Somerset, actually Marsdale. That's who. Who does all our shock work, and um, we uh, we use Penske shocks, and quite a few guys use Bill Steen, and there's a lot of different uh, shock combinations out there. But uh, we've had real success with this. As Mark Smith is very very good at what he does, and we trust him 100. percent And um, he's real meticulous, and so far so good. I mean, we've been very happy with the whole the whole package. So. It's worked out quite well. We're talking to Chuck Neely, who, along with Bob Lambert, are the defending champions in the pro stocks. Uh, Charlie, we're coming up on a commercial break. Any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? Well, I'd just like to, you know, once again, thank all our sponsors. We have Thomas Meeks. We have uh, Mars Beer Distributor. We have, uh, let me see, there's... uh, Oh, my God, I can't think of half of the sponsors. But anyways, I'd like to thank all our sponsors. I'm running a little bit brain short here, brain shortage <laughs> here right now. And also, you know, all the wives and my wife, you know, everybody, um, you know, that puts up with us for doing all this. It takes up a lot of our time and energy. So I uh, just want to thank, the, you know, all our crew and the guys that help out every week. It's, uh, you know, can't be done without those guys. Um, Tom Schmedley's one of my, you know, right-hand men. He does all our body work and comes over to the shop any time I ask them to do anything for us. So it's all it's the whole combination. It's a team. It's just not one guy, it's, it's, and it's not just money. It's uh, a lot of work and a lot of time. 
So you've been there, Dawn. You know it. <laughs> right. Well, Chuck Neely, I want to thank you for being with us and wish you good luck in your uh, quest for a second Lernerville Speedway Championship. I thank you much, Dawn. Hopefully we'll talk after winning another championship. Great. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. This portion of Rappin' on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelianopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. Sprint cars are coming to the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Saturday, September 12th, the winged 410 Sprint cars attack the half-mile asphalt oval with blistering speeds as the third annual visit of the nationally televised must-see Sprint Car Series brings open-wheel racing to the Laurel Highlands. You've seen them on MAV-TV. Now see them in person at the Jennerstown Speedway, along with feature races for the weekly five divisions of stock cars, including late models and modifieds. That's Saturday, September 12th, the Midwest's fastest sprint cars on the pavement at Jennerstown Speedway. Advanced tickets are on sale now at www.jennerstown.org. Kids 12 and under are free. Sprint cars on the asphalt, Saturday, September 12th at Jennerstown Speedway Complex and weekly five division stock car racing continues every Saturday night through September 19th. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. Fans, we're back. We're at the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing. We're talking to Lynn Paxton. Lynn, uh, the virus had 
kind of fouled your schedule up a little bit, but it looks like things are back on track. What can the listeners look forward to for the remainder of 2020? Well, uh, we we couldn't get the museum open until uh, June 12th until the state, you know, until our governor uh, cleared the state. And we have to, we can't have any large groups here. And we, you know, masks are recommended, uh, social distancing. We're trying to do all the right things. We've had to cancel all our major events. Uh, our fair, we did not have this year. So everything's canceled up. Now, we have our convention coming up next weekend, uh, which would be the 28th, 29th, and 30th. We are going to have that. Uh, we're going to have the Reading reunion here. We're going to have track time here uh, Saturday and Sunday. We're going to have an ARDC reunion is going to be here. We're going to have a car show on Saturday. We're going to be the guest of Williams Grove Friday night, uh, the vintage cars. No track time, but we'll be the guest. We'll be in the infield on, on Friday. So it'll be a great weekend. Also coming up, another major event we have coming up is October uh, 3rd and 4th. It's uh, going to be our Travis reunion up here. Uh that, that'll be really great because uh, Floyd and Ronnie Trevis built a lot of great race cars in Ohio, and uh, we're going we're gonna to honor, thank God, Ronnie's going to be able to be here, and uh, that should be a great event for us. Preserving the history of racing in this area and, mm -hmm. and across the United States, as we were, Don and myself and Robert were taking a, a tour through the spring car section, I, one of the things I found interesting, and one of the greatest of all, Mario Andretti, he's in a lot of photos and cars that he drove, and most people would never associate him to, you know, Eastern PA, well, maybe with, you know, Nazareth, but not, you know, in this particular area. Well, I, I, I didn't walk out to the new building yet, but I'm very proud of one block out there, world champion Mario Andretti. He did buy onto our program. Mario is very supportive. And uh, we have a case here for him. We've had all his neighbors over here, but Mario uh, is still scheduled to be over. And uh, I, I'll bust him a little bit to get him over here. But uh, he's a pretty busy man. And, you know, he still carries that Andretti family name pretty well. One of the things that's amazing here with all this history is how important it is to preserve it. And you find that when the young fans come in, they don't know who Mario Andretti is. No, uh, I give tours here to school groups, and I go through and uh, I talk about Tommy Hendershits, which that really throws him for a curve. And then I said, well, Mario Andretti called him his idol, and A.J. Foyt called him his idol, you know. And they look at me, well, who are those two? So I have to go to Tony Stewart's car, which I have one of his early midgets here. And I said, well, there's Stewart. His his favorite was Foyt, and then Foyt's favorite was back to uh you know, back to Tommy Hendershit. So you just, every 20 years, you got to go another generation, you know. You almost have to tell the youngsters that Tony Stewart drives number 14 because of A.J. Foyt. That, that's exactly right. And that, that's why I have Tony's car down there right next to to uh, Mario's and, of course, right right next to Tommy Hendershit's garage. Well, in wrapping this up, any closing thoughts? It was a wonderful tour. Uh, good enough, And they, they told us you can't cover this in one day. So we're going to come back tomorrow. So uh, somebody here will be stuck with us tomorrow. But a little bit about the importance of this and what you're looking forward to. Well, it's look, if it happens yesterday, it's history. And I think it's important to 
preserve that so future generations know who cut the who cut the mold to get things done because you know you look down there at, at the things they drove and the early stuff man you had to have some intestinal fortitude drive some of that stuff but they didn't know any better yeah. and then as the safety features came on now a lot of race car drivers lived to be old men not all, but a lot of them. Uh, and it has gotten a lot safer over the last 40, 50 years. And I expect it to, to get safer, even though it is faster. Okay. Lynn, I want to thank you on behalf of myself, Dave Oliveri, and Robert Johnson. It was a wonderful tour. And like I said, we're going to come back for more. Well, good. I'll, I'm going to charge you double tomorrow if i got to give you a tour, though. Fair enough. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Rappin' on Racing. I'm Lenny Baticki. Coming up next, a recording we did for PRN's At The Track. Check it out. Welcome back to PRN's At The Track. Joining us now on the ProFabrication.com hotline, the winner from Tri-City Raceway Park. Now, that's not the Tri-City Speedway we've talked to before over in Granite City, Illinois. This one is just north of uh, Pittsburgh, Butler, PA, and in that area up in Franklin, Pennsylvania. Brandon Wheelman Mattis. And, uh, you know, let's start out, uh, Brandon, with who gave you the Wheelman, uh, you know, nickname? Uh, was, was that some announcer somewhere? <laughs> I don't think so. I think uh, first year or two I started racing, uh, I had a bunch of different drivers that helped me out, you know, with setup or driving tips. And I, I don't know. They just started calling me that for some reason. <laughs> I, I honestly want to, I want to say Scott Priester maybe started calling me Uh-oh. that first. He was, he had a pretty big impact on my career when I first started. And I, I feel like he probably called me that first. Okay. But so I've, been, I've definitely been called worse. So I'll take <laughs> Wheelman. Yeah, definitely Wheelman is always the uh, the better of uh, the worst ones uh, out there. On the line, yeah. Brandon Mattis, winner at Tri-City Raceway Park on the ProFabrication.com hotline. Speaking of ProFabrication, headers, exhaust, all the parts and pieces that go with it. Just a click of a mouse away at ProFabrication.com. And, and announcers, uh, really what drew us to you, uh, we saw a picture posted by uh, Rick Rare uh, from Sprint Car News of what looked like Mike Lisikowski, one of our friends from Jennerstown Speedway and an announcer that uh, does all over, was there with you in Victory Lane. And did he poke you in the eye? Is that what happened? Why are you yeah, rubbing he your must... <laughs> He must not have wanted to see me win that race. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was I was wiping the tears out of my eye. No, I'm just kidding. I got, just had a little dirt in my eye, and that happened to be when they took the photo. <laughs> so I guess that was the one they used as headlines this week. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So well, we don't have to call the Franklin County uh, Sheriff on Lisikowski, I guess, this time. <laughs> and uh, on the uh, line, we would we would we would take care of it ourselves if we had to. <laughs> That's right. Don't hurt that checkered shirt he wears. <laughs> Brandon Mattis on the ProFabrication.com hotline. We're we're both having way too much fun, and we started before this interview even happened on the radio. But, Brandon, tell us about the night there. Uh, wheeling that 410 sprint car to uh, victory had to be a lot of fun. What was it like for from the driver's seat? Uh, it was honestly just finally a smooth night. You know, 2020 has been crappy for all of us, but I didn't feel like it's been a little extra crappy for myself. From the start of the night, from you drop the ramp door, I don't think I pulled a pill, you know, at least in front of half of the field. And we pulled a good one Sunday. We started in the front of the heat and feature, and we won them both. So there's nothing to complain about there. Now, before I mean, you go, before through. you go on, we got to remember that you know 
Uh, some folks out there don't understand what pull the pill is. They think, you know, that's going for an aspirin or whatever. Uh, what, what, what is that all about? What do you, what do you do as a racer that pulls a pill? Yeah, well, at a local race that's not sanctioned, we show up to the racetrack and we pretty much decide our fate by pulling a number out of a bucket. And everybody pulls a number and that's how you line up your qualifying heat race. So it makes your night a lot easier if you start in the front of that race instead of the back where I've been normally starting this year. <laughs> so if you start in the front and normally, you know, finish in the front, you'll normally start in the front of the main race then as well. And that also makes your night easier. <laughs> so everything worked out until Lissakowski poked you down. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we already cleared that part <laughs> up. Brandon Mattis of the profabrication.com hotline chatting about how how you line up originally when you get to uh, the race the the magic of just you know dropping into a, a bucket or in pulling the pill as it's referred to all across the country to be able to get that first spot and then to be able to continue on winning your track or or getting top three or four to be able to uh, be up front in the in the future ones so this one went kind of good um you know 410 sprint car that's a lot of car to uh wheel around there how long have you been doing this i know you know you've been racing cars it seems like since you were in back in go-kart days am i correct yeah i ran go-karts a handful of times we didn't have a lot of time for go-karts myself because my dad always raced sprint cars and he still does so i honestly think i ran go-karts probably four or five times and the first time I drove a sprint car, I was 13, and my first full season, I was 14. Man. So I want to say this is my 11th year. I, I forget exactly. I mean, I still feel like I'm 16. Time flies. <laughs> and it, it feels like the older you get, the faster it goes. And I'm 20, so I just turned 26 last week. It's crazy. I can't believe how fast this thing, this time flies. <laughs> it's still fun though. When, when you're making those last couple of laps there and you know, you've won races before and stuff, uh, what's going through your mind, uh, on those last couple, how, how's that feeling still that, that still fresh with energy? Um, the main thing I try to describe to people is you have to, you know, keep your head on. You can't like get excited or think about it. Like I just try and run the same lap every lap and, whether you get into lap traffic, you know, you roll up on some guys that aren't as smooth as others, don't know exactly what they're going to do, so then you don't know what you're going to do. It's just little things like that. You have to keep your composure the main thing. Like, when you see the white flag, one lap to go, that's the biggest thing. I've seen so many guys lose races on the last lap. And it, I've pretty much taught myself, you know, I make an extra lap and I still don't get excited after the checkered flag so i think i got that pretty down pat uh a lot of it i mean western pa right now i feel like the competition is so stout like everybody has stepped their game up this year and i feel like that kind of you know is why i haven't had the best year so far but we haven't been bad we've just been off so i'll definitely take sunday as a stepping stone in the right direction i mean i'm happy to come out with the win but I hope it wasn't a fluke. I hope we can continue this. <laughs> well, they, they don't call him Wheelman for nothing. So I got to feel like, you know, now we're back in the in the saddle and uh, getting it. Branded Wheelman Mattis, winner at Tri-City Raceway Park, Franklin, Pennsylvania. Where can folks follow you on that, uh, you know, internet and things like that so we can uh, buy a shirt or whatever? Yeah, I have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, if you type my first and last name in, M-A-T-U-S, 
you can get a hold of me pretty much anywhere and i always got my phone in my pocket and <laughs> so, uh, if i if i feel it vibrate i'll be sure to get your message well, there you go. Brandon Mattis, thank you for joining us. You can check out that picture we were talking about also on his Facebook page. It's hilarious. Appreciate you taking the time. Fans, stay with us. We'll be right back. This portion of Wrapping on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. The 39th edition of the National Speedway Directory Book has info on over 1,200 racing facilities. Detailed information with addresses, exact directions, phone numbers, websites, nights of operation, and types of racing are included in this handy paperback book. There are also listings for sanctions, publications, museums, and schedules. The National Speedway Directory is essential in planning vacations and race outings in advance. The fourth edition of the History of America Speedways has updated information on over 9,000 auto racing facilities that have existed since the dawn of the automobile. There is data on the town they were located, various names, sizes of each track, and years operated. This hardcover book covers oval tracks, road courses, and drag strips and as photos spread throughout. For more information on these two must-have books, call 847-853-0294 or order online at speedwaysonline.com. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission, just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Hi, this is Julie Coates, the announcer at Raceway 7. I am here with Joel Watson, who is the winningest driver at Raceway 7. Joel, it's got to feel pretty special with uh, 58 wins here being the winningest driver at the racetrack. 
Uh, I, I guess it does. <laughs> you know, it wasn't never really a goal we set out for. It just kind of came to us. And, uh, I don't know, it's, I guess it's a pretty cool accomplishment. And this is a track that I know I've grown up on. I know your family's all grown up on. And when did it start with the Watson family? Because Watson and Raceway 7 pretty much synonymous with each other. Yeah, uh, all the way back to my grandfather, uh, Bud Watson, <clears throat> ran here, uh, I think, from the I think maybe even opening night, I would heard rumors he might have won it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he ran here way back in the beginning, and uh, even my grandfa- uh, grandmother got out here in some powder puff races and won a few of those, and uh, then it started into my dad being the oldest and uh, all of my uncles and then my brother, and uh, now I have cousins, nephews that are coming into it too. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's been a long, long line of history for us. What started with you as far as racing goes? When did you get started? Uh, I started driving in 1996 uh, in street stocks, and uh, it was about a year or two after my brother had started racing in E-Mods, and I was always trying to follow in my brother's footsteps as much as I could. It was He was trying to follow in my dad's footsteps, so it, we were all kind of following right in line there, and uh, I, like I say, once he started racing, it was just kind of like uh, I worked on his car for a few years and got a feel for how things were, and, you know, decided it was my time, you know. And what other classes besides the Street Stocks and mods have you raced, and are those the main ones? Did you? I know you've raced at uh, Super Lake Models as well. Yeah, we've done our time and a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, as far as, like, a full-time ride, though, we've done uh street stocks and e-mods and uh steel block late models short short stint super late models and uh that's about it really a little bit of limited late model a couple years back which is kind of right now what class is it that you've had the most fun more than likely probably the e-mod with so many championships behind you yeah it'd be hard to dispute the e-mod uh we you know, we've won in just about everything we've ever raced, but by all means, it uh, seems like the open wheel stuff seems to just treat me better. I don't, maybe I need to see them front tires in order to be able to know where I'm going. I don't know. <laughs> I get the fenders on there and I get lost sometimes. <laughs> now, uh, with all the championships, uh, there's got to be a lot of changes that you've seen in the EMOD class over the years. Can you tell me about some of those? Oh, yeah, that class has re- really changed from when, when it all started. We were running uh, stock motors and uh, they were they were available for claim at the end of every race. So if you had five hundred bucks, you could pretty much buy the motor out of anybody's car. I don't know if that ever happened, but uh, that's how they all started. And we were everybody was pretty much running homemade cars. Uh, there was really wasn't any companies that you could buy the cars from, you know. And then as the years went on, it, you know, the motors started advancing a little bit. And they dropped some of the some of the rules that were kind of keeping things. Uh, simple <laughs> once once them rules went away things kind of really started going off the hook pretty fast and now that you know in the last 10 years or so the cars really haven't changed much since then just kind of getting a little more technical on some of the setup stuff and this class has to be one of the most competitive ones every night there's got to be at least seven eight nine ten drivers that can win yeah it is and i tell you i i, I think this year alone there's been uh quite a few guys that have stepped up stepped up their equipment and uh everybody's getting a little more education on how to make these things work there's a little more knowledge available to everybody you know so it's uh it's good for the class i like it i i think it's great that i you know there's eight or ten guys that could win on any given night you know it's makes it way more fun to race 
What do you see uh, with your future? Are you going to stick with the EMODs? Any plans to do any other divisions? Uh, you know, our budget kind of keeps us right in the EMODs. We tried the late models last year and learned pretty quick that we didn't have the budget for that. Uh, you know, things didn't really go our way, but that's, you got it, you know, that's what kind of dictates what you can afford to do is, you know, when things don't go your way, you got to be able to, you know, pay your way back out of it to get back on top again. And we just couldn't seem to do that in the late models. Things were just so expensive and then the rate of attrition was <laughs> pretty high with them things. So the modifieds just seem to treat us right. The money's right. Everything balances out really good with them. So we'll probably stick stick there for a while unless you know some other opportunity presents itself from somebody else or something like that but uh you know i don't really have any desire to be anywhere else and who would you like to thank over the years i know so many people have helped you out who would you like to thank man i gotta start with my crew uh greg kretschman he's my number one guy and he's really uh pulls so much weight in the team you know at the track not at the track and during the off season he's always always doing something that's working to the benefit of the team uh can't thank him enough for that and all the sponsors on the car uh you know from northwest restorations the zimmer service center has been with us for years and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other ones on the car <laughs> i'm good at naming them off in victory lane but not so much here but uh yeah, the uh, 955 Automotive's been out, been with us and put motors into cars for probably 15 years now. And, you know, they're always real solid, keep us running up front all the time. Can't thank all them guys enough. Okay. Congratulations on being the winningest driver at Raceway 7, and good luck to you the rest of the season. Thank you. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724 724- 352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Sprint cars are coming to the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Saturday, September 12th, the winged 410 Sprint cars attack the half-mile asphalt oval with blistering speeds as the third annual visit of the nationally televised must-see Sprint Car Series brings open-wheel racing to the Laurel Highlands. You've seen them on MAV-TV. Now see them in person at the Jennerstown Speedway, along with feature races for the weekly five divisions of stock cars, including late models and modifieds. That's Saturday, September 12th, the Midwest's fastest sprint cars on the pavement at Jennerstown Speedway. Advanced tickets are on sale now at www.jennerstown.org. Kids 12 and under are free. Sprint cars on the asphalt, Saturday, September 12th at Jennerstown. Jennerstown Speedway Complex and weekly five division stock car racing continues every Saturday night through September 19th. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? 
than see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, Noller, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years' experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455. Adrenaline, cover to cover, three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication, Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special Street Stock and Weekend Warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. Exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com. Fans, joining us now is Andrew Koenig. Andrew, good evening. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I have to admit, uh, I know very little about you. I ran into your dad up at Latrobe, and uh, I asked him, who's in that 33K? He said, oh, some guy, he can't drive. And I went over and started teasing you. I said, who is that? He said, that's my dad. So sounds like there's a lot of good-natured ribbing in this team. Oh, yeah, there definitely is. Uh, he helps me out a good bit. Um, just kind of with his knowledge and past experiences in, in racing, like I had mentioned, um, yeah, he, he teases me a lot, but he means well. All right, let's talk a little bit about your career. I know it didn't start last Saturday. Uh, when did you start, and what are a little bit about your experience? Yes, yeah, so I, I started 10 years ago um, in the Pure Stock Division. I was actually running down on, when I first started rolling up. Um, that's where Rich Logan, who's a, my role model, who got me into racing, was racing at the time. Um, we ran down there for about two, maybe two and a half years, um, and then we decided to try out Dog Hollow up in Indiana, PA. Um, kind of fell in love with that track, uh, and I ran that for another two and a half years, along with Main Center in a pure stock division, and then the last five years I've been in a pretty late model. And what kind of a chassis are you running? Uh, it's a 2015 Blue Front Rocket. Cool. And the motor? Uh, just a Ingram 604 crate engine. Ingram's pretty popular. He's got a lot of motors out there, and he does a nice, nice job. You know. Uh, oh yeah, I, I have no. I've never had any issues with him. I mean, I, I've heard good things about uh, Brad Hibbert down at race one as well, but he's a little too far for us. So I just go to Ingram. Now, if you couldn't go racing, what would you do? 
you know, honestly, that's a great question. I was kind of thinking about that um, in the past weekend. Um, honestly, I'd still be doing something along the, the car nation. Um, my, my dream is to build a uh, 69 Camaro. Um, so I hopefully, have, you know, would have bought one of them and then starting to rebuild that if I wasn't racing. Well, let's talk about school. Did you go to a tech school, take any auto body classes, or did you learn this somewhere Next. else? No, actually, um, I went to Pickeringsburg for chemistry. Um, so I have a chemistry degree, and I have a minor's in math and um, Spanish. Um, and currently, I'm at it's a uh, materials testing lab out in Latro, PA. Um, so we do a lot for the automotive and aerospace industry, where customers send us in samples, and we will chemically, um, you know, analyze it for them and verify it to certain specs so that it meets requirements to be, you know, out in the industry in whatever field, you know, the customer is in. That's very interesting, yeah. Uh, now, racing takes up a lot of time in the summer, but when you're not racing, do you have any hobbies? Um, not really. I mean, I just hang out with my girlfriend. We got a brand new dog uh, about a month and a half ago. It's a little French bulldog. Um, so this winter, we're pretty much going to be hanging out with it a good bit and then just kind of hanging out with the family and nothing really too crazy. Does the dog have a name that is connected? It, to it does. Its name is Lila. What is it? Lila. Lila. Okay. I thought maybe it would be named like Hoosier or Rim or something like that. No, we had to kind of, I had to kind of compromise on that one and go with a girly girl name. Yeah. Uh, did you, what's your favorite moment in your short 10-year career? Do you have a favorite race? Yeah, honestly, that'd be my first win. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people say that. Um, but my first win was actually at Main Center Speedway whenever it was still open. Um, I had never been there with a car, so we kind of just thought, you know, we were going to go have some fun. Didn't really expect to ever win. Um, and, man, was it a cold night. I mean, whenever I say cold, it was like 40 degrees. I, I My mom's dog's probably going to kill me for this. Um, but I do remember her wearing it was a big green trench coat, so I always made fun of her for wearing a Teenage Mutant Turtle jacket. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was cold, and it, the motor had a good bit of horsepower that night, and it, I think that helped me out. So you're saying you won on your first night? Yeah, well, not my first night ever, but my first night at that track, yes. Cool. Very, very good. Uh, what was your so reason? Yeah, I, I kind of never expected that one. Uh, what was your reason for getting involved in racing? Um, so like I had mentioned earlier, um, Rich Lurigan was my dad's best friend, still is. Um, but he's been running E-Mods ever since I can remember, and he's actually been in a late model last maybe 10 years or so. Um, so once I got old enough, maybe around 12 or 13 years old, I started hanging out with him, learning, you know, the ins and outs of racing and the car itself. Um, and then once I turned 16, I got a job and started paying for everything myself, and here I am 10 years later. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Andrew Koenig, the driver of the 33K, and that leads me to my next uh, question. I know why there's a K on there, but how did you pick your number? Yeah, so the, the 33 came from, like like I, did, I just mentioned, uh, Rich Logan, his number 33L, um, L's for Logan, obviously, so I just kind of added my K to the number, and here I am. It's a pretty car. That's what drew me over there to talk to you when I, I saw it. You know, uh, didn't know who your dad was, but I said, who belongs to that really pretty 33 car? And that's when he started teasing you. Hey, to do this, you got a lot of people to help you out. Why don't you take a minute and mention your sponsors? Yeah, I got. Uh, I actually have a good bit of them. Um, we'll start out with uh, Mirror Lake Campground. 
they're out in New Florence, PA. Um, they, it's just pretty much always a great place for a weekend getaway for some camping and fishing. And every weekend they have uh, specials and other fun recreational activities. Um, I have Jason Mignon, the collision shop out in La Tropia. Uh, honestly, any auto body collision repairs you need, uh, they're the best place to go to. Great turnaround time and quality work. Um, Buddha's Barbecue Sauce, his name is Bruce Smith. Uh, he makes a, three different sauces. It's a sweet, sweet hot, and blazing barbecue sauce. Um, he has his name out in all kinds of stores local towards the Greensburg, Lake Trobe, Irwin area. Um, but he's helped me out the last couple of years. Um, Auto Plus Parts uh, out in Clarion, PA. Um, Penny K is a photographer up north, a couple tracks there, like Hummingbird. Um, it's on her mountain. Um, she is the manager at that store, so she actually helped me out this year a little bit. Um, another first-time sponsor this year um, is J&T Auto Repair. They're out in Irwin, PA, and he's been working on our family's vehicles for maybe the last 10 years. Um, very knowledgeable guy, very efficient at what he does. Um, he's a good guy to go to, and if you ever need anything, he'll help you out. Um, to Michael Arbor's service, he's from uh, Jeanette, PA. Uh, the owner, Ken, he was actually my childhood baseball coach. Um, so now he's actually been sponsoring me the last, I think, three years with the car. Um, but any tree or lawn, you know, repair or removals for trees, he, he's your go-to guy for that. Um, Blazovich Racing, Blazovich Race, Racing Details, I'm sorry. Um, he's been helping me out the last five years, ever since I got into a late model. Um, I'm sure a lot of people talk him up. He, he's the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever talk to. Um, he definitely is a talker, but he, he does great work on wraps. Um, Advanced Auto of Leechburg is, uh, another one of my sponsors. Um, Steve Cannon is my uncle. He's a manager at, at that store. He kind of just helps me out with, you know, the ins and outs of, like, the lubrication stuff that you need, oils, uh, towels, rags, you know, whatever you need, he'll help you out. Um, Firestorm Restoration in Arona, PA. Uh, they are a company who helps cleans up after floods and burnt houses and whatnot. Um, he's been sponsoring me probably for the last three or four years. Um, but if you ever have a flood, I mean, hopefully no one ever has a flood, but He's your go-to guy to help you kind of clean that and kind of mess up. Um, Late Trobe Chevy has been helping me out the last couple of years as well, ever since I bought a truck off them in 2017. Um, obviously, any dealership is, you know, a great place to go, but I, I truly do love Late Trobe Chevy. Every time you walk in, they know you by name, and um, they're just a good, good bunch of group to talk to. Uh, a few more here. Uh, Wyatt's Garage out in Calumet, PA. Um, Wyatt's a longtime friend of my dad's. He's actually been friends with uh, Rich and my dad for a long time. He's in charge of a lot of the derbies at the Westmoreland Fairground and Bolskin Fairground. Um, so he doesn't do too much with the racing, but he does help out with, you know, with my, my daily drivers and whatnot. Uh, just a great guy to talk to. CP Designs is also from Calumet, PA. Um, he was one of my very first sponsors as well. Uh, he does a lot of home remodeling and kitchen remodels. Uh, any type of remodeling in your home, he, he's a good guy to talk to. Um, and my final sponsor, he's, he's also new this year, is Jimmy the Jumpman from New Stanton. Um, he's your go-to guy pretty much if you have some clutter around your house or if you're a hoarder after many years. So clear out whatever you want and get rid of it. And honestly, I can't thank you know everyone on the car this year for all the support and help that they give me. I got to tell you, I've been doing this for 40 years, and sometimes the drivers will say, I want to thank my sponsors. They know who they are, but you covered everything, including Jimmy the Junkman. I love that name. You didn't. Oh, yeah, that's, that's honestly his company name. It's 
he's a real good guy, though. Well, the point is, you didn't miss a trick, and, and that's impressive. Now, how about your pit crew? Uh, who helps you with the car? Yeah, so weekly, obviously, it's my dad. Um, I can't do that without him. Like I said, he's very knowledgeable. Um, just kind of helps me out with whatever I need. Obviously, my mom, Kim Koenig. Uh, my little brother, Keith Koenig, he, he never really wanted to get into racing or anything, but he's the last couple of years and really into helping me and learning. Um, today's actually his birthday, so happy birthday, Keith. Um, my uncle Todd Hurley, my aunt Chelsea Hurley, my cousin Madison Hurley, um, obviously my girlfriend Madison Leisure. Um, trying to think who else. Dave Blazovich, he's a great guy. He's the one who bought my car off of. Um, but he's been helping me ever since I got into a late model. He's truly one of the best guys out there. Well, Andrew... You're an amazing uh, young guy. I disagree with your dad. Uh, even when he was te- teasing you, I think he was just having some fun. I want to wish you good luck with the 33K, and I thank you for being with us tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's, it's great. It's such an honor. Presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it.